the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite IE Coalition of Conservative and Patriot Groups in the Inland Empire, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving, America-loving Americans, and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. And we see in the news every day the need for people to step up and fulfill the obligations of their most important political office. You know, if you want to keep a free country, if you want to keep a country at all, for that matter. I am very pleased this week to have a first-time guest, hopefully not not the last-time guest on the show, and that is Jennifer Van Lahr. I have followed her work on Twitter. She is the managing editor of Red State. Dot com. She's also an investigative reporter. Uh, Red State uh, used to be run by a guy named Eric Erickson, who was a dedicated never Trumper. And I just kind of stopped read, stopped reading his site. Um, but Salem bought that property, bought that company website, and is now being run by our guest today, Jennifer Van Lahr, and all sorts of really interesting stuff you'll find on that website. So um, welcome to the show, Jennifer. I'm so glad to be here. You've already been on the radio. At least you were recording here on Thursday. You've already recorded with uh, Jennifer Horn. So, you know, so but, so but now you get the real treat and honor. You get to be on my show. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, Ronald Reagan warned us that freedom is always one generation away from extinction. And Benjamin Franklin, after the Constitutional Convention, told Elizabeth Powell on the streets of Philadelphia when she asked him, what have you given us, doctor, a monarchy or a republic? And Franklin said to her, a republic, if you can keep it. So before uh-huh. we get into maybe some specific, oh, there's so many things going on. Stepping back, looking at the forest, where are we in terms of that Reagan's one generation how close are we to uh, losing the republic? Oh, geez. Uh, well, I overall, I'm optimistic with America because I don't think that we're going to ever fully willingly let it go. And we've been saying for most of my adult lifetime, which I'm 51, that that we're very close to this being gone. And we still have, a, at least I think, we have more freedom than anywhere else in the world right now. However. We've seen some really, really terrifying attacks on our freedom, uh, including like in New York City yesterday, for example, I saw that uh, the mayor there wants to start policing what people are eating and and mandating like vegan, a vegan day and meatless uh, Friday and that kind of thing. And that's just (laughs) that it's incredible that we've gotten to this place where uh, elected officials saying something like that doesn't just sound off alarm bells across the country. 
Well, that's you know, their climate change is one of their leading ways of trying to advance government power and restrict freedom. You know, they want to control every aspect of our life right. under the guise of climate change. Light bulbs, cars, get out of your cars. You can't have a single family house. Um, and, that's, and that's just what you eat. And it runs down the line. And it's, of course, it's always us. Never right. the elites who are, uh, who are pushing all this stuff to give up anything. Yeah, they, the, the elites will never do. As we saw during the pandemic, Gavin Newsom shut down schools for all of our kids and tried to force vaccines. Yet his kids were in school, in a private school. And I don't have the, his children's medical records, but I've the popular belief is that his children have not been vaccinated. No, government. Gavin Newsom may be a lot of things, but I would give him credit is he probably loves his children. Right. And I would think that his wife probably would be instrumental in that because another interesting kind of uh, related thought is that before the pandemic, it was the liberals for the most part who were the anti-vax crowd. Obviously, there's a lot of conservatives that have had concerns about the types and the timing of vaccinations with with children. But for the most part, it was the wine moms that were very much anti-vax. And it's interesting to see, and so I would include Gavin Newsom's wife within that probably. And so it's been interesting to see the evolution of that over the last three years. Well, before we leave that kind of general thing, is you look at what people do, of course, is a much better indication of what they think than what they say. So you look at the behavior of those, of those people. Uh, Gavin Newsom at the restaurant, that famous scene at the restaurant when everybody else is locked down and uh, wearing masks, and he's dining at a, a place where they serve $20,000 bottles of wine with, uh, with, a, with a bunch of his cronies and lobbyists, no one wearing a mask, all sit around the, the, the same table. He sends his, when, when children in school are wearing masks, he sends his children to summer camp where they're playing without masks and so on. Nancy Pelosi, who's getting up there in years, would be more at risk for, for COVID, but she's getting her hair done during lockdown, no masks. So you, again and again and again, Obama and their beachfront mansions is, I don't think they really believe the BS they're, they're trying to peddle to the rest of us. No, it, for them, it's all about control. And I think it always has been. And control being, it can change. Their positions will change based on whatever is going to fly with the public, uh, with the, their voters, and whatever is going to give them control. Yes. And the fact that they said something different yesterday doesn't, doesn't concern them much. Two plus two is four, five, or three, depending on <laughs> what serves our interests today. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. What would you say? Now, I, I mean, I'm not sure I share your optimism, but um, uh, as a friend of mine said, that uh, he's a pessimist because he's either right or pleasantly surprised. But what would you say that are our, our, um, the greatest challenges that we face today as a nation? Oh, wow. <laughs> that, that's a, a complicated one for sure. And I think on optimism, I just... I've been blessed with a, a lot of optimism. And I think having, I worked in the court system for 20 years before getting into politics. And I think criminal justice and politics are, are the two most 
depressing and pessimistic industries to be in. So I think, I think God for giving me that help, the natural optimism that I have, because otherwise the things that I've seen in those careers would probably just make me the biggest curmudgeon ever. But I think that first of all, we, we suffer obviously a faith crisis within this country and whether that is a Christian faith or a Jewish faith or any kind of faith, something that places the self not in the primary position uh, that's something that we need more of people having faith and accountability to a higher being for their actions because it's we've had this just epidemic of selfishness and uh, of lack of accountability for one's actions that i think that a lot of that really is at the root of our problems because we're not seeing that we're just part of a of a whole that has been created by a higher being and that our actions all affect each other. And that also, because all of us are divinely created, that we all have to respect each other, at least at some human level. And that would definitely be the root of the, the biggest problem facing us. And then we, we obviously have just rampant corruption within our government and no media holding them accountable. I mean, the reason that they get away with the things they get away with in California is because the media for the most part, and there have been a few exceptions this year coming up within the mainstream media in California, for the most part, just have not been interested in holding them accountable. No, they're playing on the same team. Right. There's a few of them this year that have called out uh, like Rob on Rob Bonta's wife and have been calling out about the fentanyl bills not coming to the floor. Uh, but then those people are, those reporters are being ostracized by the Dems now because they dared to actually do their job. Mm-hmm. I think if you, I'm not sure there's ever been a parallel situation in, in history. Maybe there has, I'm not aware of it in which the rule, I mean, in, there, there have been genocides, there have been pogroms where they've gone after one group or another. Now, I don't know that there's ever been a situation where you have, whether the Democrats nationally or in California or places they control, have set out to make the lives of all of their people, other than the cronies, worse. Crime, schools, transportation, energy prices, erasing the border, and that's just a few items. Mm-hmm. And, and, what's, and what's even more interesting is the lot, their voters, if they mind, don't vote differently. It's really stunning, isn't it? I, I, I had a, actually talked about this a little bit with Jennifer Horn um, when we were recording for her show that even the, the people, say, in West Hollywood, they had that Lindsay Horvath that was their mayor, and they fully bought into the defund the police thing and having the community police, you know, unarmed people without badges helping with things. And now they're begging to have more cops because turns out people like to be safe in their own home and, and not be uh, robbed at knife point or gunpoint when they're out or be subject to being raped walking down the street. Uh, but the next thing they have to do is realize that their votes caused that. They have to make, connect those dots that their votes for these people is what caused the problem and then vote differently. And that's where we come in as Republicans and conservatives is 
helping people to see those distinctions. And I know sometimes we're all so frustrated because it it's just common sense when you take police away that that stuff is going to happen. So we're frustrated when people then come back and complain about the natural consequences of their actions. And we want to browbeat them a little bit and, and justifiably so. But I think that to get the people who, who think that conservatives are mean and terrible and nasty anyway, to get them to see our point, I'm a believer in going about it with, hey, man, that really stinks. It, it, let me show you a little bit about what Lindsey Horvath said or did to cause this or whoever the, the politician may be and go about it from a little bit of a compassionate place or you know, Hey, you might have been really busy working like we all are struggling to keep food on the table and make sure your kids go to practice and that, that they're getting their schoolwork done. You might not have seen what this person was doing that caused your problems instead of saying, geez, like, why don't you just pay attention more to the world around you? Maybe going in with that little bit of, of hey, I'm, I'm just like you. I'm I'm working all the time. I'm making sure that I do things with my family. I'm, I've got my elderly parents that I'm helping take care of, like making that bond with them. Like, Hey, yes, we have things in common. And here's why I understand that some of these things might've slipped past you and let me help you out with this information might be a better way to help them make those connections. Because <laughs> over the last five, seven years, the somehow these connections have not been made. Somehow Gavin Newsom has been able to stand in front of cameras and say, no, I even though we control all of California, it wasn't us that did this. It was Republicans. Yes, on, and on gets away with it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, and no one. I don't think anyone tried to ask Gavin. Well, if why in California, which is con totally controlled by the Democrat Party at the state level, and then in city, the major cities are totally controlled by the Democrat Party. Why have five hundred thousand people left? Five hundred thousand people left in the last two years. Why? Well, shouldn't California mm -hmm. be a paradise state? Right, and he doesn't have good answers for that. You know, and it's not just conservatives that are leaving. From what I've heard from people in Silicon Valley and in uh, San Francisco, is especially during the pandemic when they didn't have to be physically in the office. A lot of these people that are highly paid at the tech companies or that cashed out, they moved to places that don't have the structure, the tax structure that we have, and just commute back to the, uh, back to our state when they need to be here. Mm -hmm. And so we're losing not just good conservative families that we need to build this state to have us recover, we're losing a big amount of a tax base. And, you know, I'd, I'd rather have lower taxes here or no state income tax and just know that having these people here that are going to spend a lot of money and, and help the economy is better than not having it at all. Yes. Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor. You always like to have, have his commercial play during the show. And that would be Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then, when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. 
If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. coalition of conservative and patriot groups. And here on Unite, i.e. radio, like Will Rogers, we thank God that we do not get all the government that we pay for. We are very pleased this week to be visiting with uh, the uh, managing editor of RedState.com, a great source for conservative news, especially now that the former Never Trumper that used to own that site has has moved on to to other things. And he's also an investigative reporter. When, uh, you, you can follow her on, on Twitter. That's Jennifer Van Lahr. And one of the things you, you, you forwarded a tweet with a quote from with a little interview segment from Elon Musk. And the interview was uh-huh. talking about, you know, you're, you're losing business. People are unhappy with you about your political stance. You're out there. And um, we got to say about that. And he, he pauses for all, for a long time. We're not going to, we're not going to play it. We're not going to play it. And then he says, you know, I'm going to say what I think. And if I lose money, so be it. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. That's the, that's the kind of courage that we, that we need. But. When you have, when you're the richest man in the world, and I don't know what his net worth, but let's say he's worth. $500 billion. And disaster unha- unfolds because he said what he said, and he's now worth only $400 billion. Well, Elon Musk is going to scrape by. But there's a lot of other people that's not necessarily so. And in our, our mm-hmm. second half, we're going to be interviewing a mother who went to the school board to speak out about exceedingly vulgar, crude um, material that was given, sexual material that was given to her daughter to read. And she now, she's in a different situation. Her husband's in a different situation. When she goes to the school board and goes on the radio and stands up publicly, she's more at risk of, you know, there are situations where people like that have lost their jobs. Their, their spouses have lost their jobs. Their businesses have been boycotted. So for, for mm-hmm. other people, courage, that courage really means something. They're really risking something. Right. I mean, and obviously, financially, Elon Musk has the money to be able to do that. But, you know, he has been relentlessly attacked since taking over Twitter. And I don't agree with every decision that he's made. I'm not a fan of this new CEO that he's chosen. I don't think it's a good thing, but I guess we'll see. You know, the the woman is full into the vaccine mandate stuff and was part of the groups that try to shut down independent speech during the pandemic. So we'll, <laughs> that doesn't bode well for Twitter, but, but I totally see your point. And I, I definitely, it would, that has to be a personal decision for each person that is in that position. I think that you and me, people who are a little more insulated, like I'm not going to get fired from Salem for speaking out uh, on conservative issues or things that would be unpopular with most of the California populace because Salem agrees with what I'm saying on that. So I'm not really taking a risk. And so one one time during the pandemic, I had a woman in town come up to me and say, you know, 
just know when you're out there fighting for this stuff that you're speaking for thousands of us who can't say it because we would lose our jobs or we might have our businesses boycotted or we might have our kids ostracized. Like just realize that even if we're not publicly able to say something thanking you that we do because you're speaking for us. And so I think in our position, especially as outspoken conservatives in California, we have to take that so seriously and and go to the mat for these people and go to the mat advocating for these issues because because of like you said, there's so many people who can't risk being able to put food on the table or can't risk losing their home. One of the things, and then I can relate to the courage thing. Um is what we've seen in the la- is in the last I don't know really noticed it in the last few years but it's probably been growing since then is for example the, the exceedingly explicit sexual materials in the schools almost everyone in the school is going along with that and I can't imagine that you know even five years ago if that had been done they wouldn't you know, they they wouldn't they would have. The teachers there would at least some of them would have stood up and said, "No, we can't do this. This is wrong." They're all going along with it. Right. The, almost all of them. The doctors in COVID and during the COVID time is they all went along with it. With again, with very few exceptions, they didn't protest. They didn't object. They didn't ask questions. They didn't object when other doctors and eminent researchers like Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford University and others. Mm-hmm spoke out contrary to the government's narrative and were censored. They didn't say, wait, no, 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 no. That's not how we do science is we listen to everybody and then try to and try to evaluate everyone's arguments and facts. Yeah, they they didn't do that. And a lot of them now want some kind of amnesty for not speaking up, for not for going along with these things during the pandemic. And I'm not a fan of the pitchforks and torches yet, although I think that there definitely can be some things that happened over the last few years that warrant that. But we can't let these people just say, "Okay, well, that's no biggie. You didn't know. Yes, they knew. They knew what they were doing. Anyone who had a high school education in biology knew that what these people were saying about how viruses transmit and about immunity and all that stuff were wrong. and we can't just let them be like, oh, sorry, my bad, and walk away. We have to make sure that people, especially those in authority who could have stopped it, are held accountable. Right. Of course, that, I think that's an overused term, accountable, because usually it means nothing. Unless, unless, there, are, <laughs> unless, unless there are bad consequences for misbehavior, um, misbehavior will continue and get worse. So, exactly. You know, exactly. Children, so whatever, whatever consequences we can, get um then we need to make sure that that we do so if that's making sure that we do everything we can to make sure that those who who didn't stop it lose re-election or that they're fired or some kind of a measurable consequence we need to be working for that yeah um unfortunately the, p- the people in charge of rendering consequences are part of the uh, we're, we're part of we're, we're in on it so I am not optimistic that there are going to, that anyone is going to suffer any meaningful consequences for what they did. Um, True. In our remaining time, let's let's, let's change. We're going to do a little more practical. We got one minute here, uh, one minute and a half. So, 
Um, I don't expect you to make an endorsement. You probably wouldn't as the editor of, of Red State. But how would you assess between DeSantis and Trump? Who has a better chance of winning the 2024 general election? You got one minute and nine seconds. Winning the general, I definitely think DeSantis has the bigger chance. And part of that is because there will be such a hate vote that came out against Trump because he's so hated amongst Democrats. However, the media are definitely working to make sure that they everyone knows they think that Ron DeSantis is just as evil as Donald Trump. I think that is correct, is Donald Trump has been subjected to this for since 2015. And if DeSantis is the nominee, he will be the second coming or the third coming. If if Donald Trump was the second coming of Adolf Hitler, Ron DeSantis will be the third coming of Adolf Hitler. Right. So I'm not not sure. I think they will both attract voters that the other would not get. And the net difference between that, I think, is uncertain. And then you, what is going to be the status of criminal charges against Donald Trump at that stage? So, with that uncertainty exactly. in mind, um, I want to one. I want to thank you so much for your good work in terms of standing up for our country and our freedom, and being and you're running a red state. Second, for being on our show, and I hopefully we will have another radio date in the not too distant future. Awesome. Thank you, and stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, i.e. radio. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Unite American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then, when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Through the madness and the lies, as they're holding back the truth. No matter what they try, I will always fight for you. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, as well as the Unite, i.e. coalition of conservative and patriot groups in the Inland Empire, where our mission is to unite freedom-loving America-loving Americans and magnify our strength and effectiveness in making and keeping America great, free, and prosperous. Ronald Reagan said that we must have the courage to do what we know is morally right. Dr. Ben Carson said that America is the land of the free and the home of the brave. You can't be free without being brave. And I'm very pleased in this uh, second half of this week's show to be joined by um, two guests, two women who live 
both of those quotes, and that would be Candy Olson. We've had her on before. She is the Redlands director of the San Bernardino County Patriots and now has a new group called Red, Awake Redlands. We'll talk more about that. And our second guest is Tracy Nolasco, who is a parent in the Temecula School District. And uh, we're going to start with that because uh, she saw some materials that her daughter was given and went to the school board to let them know what was going on in their own school. So we're going to pick it up there with um, Tracy Nolasco at the school board. And I'll just give you a warning is that um, this is going to be um, adult material, oh, even though it was given to to school children. And um, so you are forewarned, but this is what your children are, are getting in the government-run schools. My name is Tracy Nolasco, and I'm a parent of a sophomore student attending Temecula Valley High School. I am here to inform you of an assignment given to my daughter in her drama class. It is important and relevant to note that my daughter is 15 years old and she is a minor, and most of the students in her class are freshmen. My daughter was placed in a group and asked to choose a playwright from a short list. There was a small description under each play, but no warning was given as to the explicit content she would find. My my student's group chose the play Angels in America and were asked to read it in its entirety. The play was digitally provided to my student on her TVHS Chromebook. My, go- my daughter came to me when she was about 60 pages into the play, clearly distraught. She said to me, Mom, I can't read this. I just can't, but I have to. I don't want to fail. I began reading the play, and my findings were as follows. 109 F-words, sexual violence, a sexually explicit scene that describes the act of anal sex with a stranger in a park, unprotected sex, and the taking of pills that cause hallucinations. I drafted an email with dialogue from the scene and included screenshots from the play and sent it to the drama teacher and the principal at TV. The email never reached its recipients as it was unable to make it through your TVUSD email system and flagged as including objectionable content and attachments. That means the teachers were protected, but my student was not. My question to you is what justifies assigning material like this to a minor? How can a school justify the violation of innocence? Looking into federal law, I found that there are laws that prevent the distribution of obscene content to minors. The teacher clearly distributed obscene material to minors. I am going to read a small excerpt, but I've modified it to make it more palatable, I suppose. The play, in one of the scenes, it says, Man, what do you want? Lewis says, I want you to F me, hurt me, make me bleed. Man, I want to. Lewis, yeah? Man, I want to hurt you. Lewis, F me. Yeah, says the man. Yeah, hard. It goes on to say in closed captions that they begin to F. The scene continues and describes the characters having anal sex, and at one point the character reports that his condom broke. He had. He asks the man if he'd like him to pull out. The other character replies that he doesn't care and asks him to infect him. I wonder about the mental and emotional responses of each student who had to read this. I have apologized to my own daughter for having to go through this and to deal with the questions and confusion that come from reading something like this. I have received no explanation or apology from the drama teacher. I look forward to how this will be rectified. I'm asking for the board to create policy to protect against this in the future. Thank you, Ms. Alaska.
I noticed that at the end there, you hear the voice of one of the school board members, uh, totally calm as if you were just talking about the school bake sale and how that went. And what was the reaction? Um, did any of the board members respond to what you brought to their attention? Um, <clears throat> there's been some, t- there's, there's definitely be, been, um, response and, um, and feedback given. And I know that they are, um, investigating the situation right now and, um, looking into, I guess, you know, giving everything due process. Um, that's all I know at this current moment. Yeah. Did you ever have any communication with the teacher? So that was a problem because my initial communication, I believe, started a month ago and that initial email um, to him never made it through. And I sent another subsequent email and then eventually I had to hand deliver. Um, I finally heard back from him a week after I hand delivered um, that email and he just said he looked forward to resolving this with me and the the administration. Okay. No apology. No, I had no idea what was in that. And of course, he knew fully well what was in that play that, he, that, they, that they assigned. Because we see this going on hmm, all, all over the country. Um, and those school board members in Temecula, those, I mean, those are not your average run-of-the-mill teacher union picks. In like we have in, like we have in Redlands that, that uh, Candy and I have been dealing with there. These were the, the majority of that Temecula school board are candidates that were backed by Pastor Tim Thompson's IE family pack. Yes. And, and we're supposedly going to make a change in how in the government run schools. Yes. And I think that they're working through it. I think that it's a slow process. And unfortunately, it's so infected with um, just, you know, it's just infected. And they're trying to, I think, work really hard to to make it better. You know, I know they've they're receiving just a lot of what they're doing is brave, I think. And they've received a lot of hateful, nasty comments. And and, you know, I, I can't be easy for them. Oh, no, I, I saw some of the videos and what happened when they uh, got rid of critical race theory, CRT. In, in the, and, uh, yeah, they, they were the abuse was heaped on them uh, high and thick. Yes. <laughs> I, I witnessed that firsthand at the board meeting. I was like, wow, you know, just personally acting and, and, and even talking about one of the board members' daughters. It was it was quite nasty. Oh, yes. they And the nastiness is an intentional strategy. Did any mm-hmm. other parents in your daughter's class join you at the school board meeting? Unfortunately, I don't know any of the parents um, in Julia's drama class. I never wanted her to really... She never wanted to take drama. It just um, happened that way that she opted out of the Spanish class and she ended up in drama. And, you know, I, I knew that she might come into contact with some some things, just being, you know, the nature of drama and the arts. And and we are fully prepared, you know, and we ha- we're an open book and we talk. And and so um, I guess I just never expected her to be digitally provided something that, in my opinion, is pornographic. Yes. Candy, does, uh, does, does this come as any surprise to you? <laughs> no. No. And in fact, this is perfect timing because um, we just got, we just, Dr. Broom, one of our um, 
co-members, I should say, and a couple of our groups just finished meeting with the Redlands High School principal. And uh, they kind of ambushed him. They said they were just going to meet with the principal only. And then all of the high school principals were there. Um, I sent another mom to go to the meeting because she was able to change her schedule around and go because she had a child in Redlands High School. And so it was only supposed to be Redlands High principal and meeting with him. But anyways, so she went um, because she has a son there. But it turned out to be all of the principals and the assistant super uh, Wa- Wagner, Kenneth Wagner. Anyway, so they just they reviewed all of the six books that he has personally done the whole form for and completed the eight step process, started the eight step process for. And he um, he said that there I just got off the phone with him before we started here. And he said the the whole attitude is very elitist and how basically like, how dare you? we're educators, we know what we're doing, we choose the curriculum, we choose the book, basically, like parents didn't have any type of say in any of this. And it's all pornographic. It's really disgusting. And one of them, one of the worst ones is the bluest eyes. And that is actually a required reading for AP English. It is required and it's disgusting, incestual. It is extremely graphic, incestual sex. Uh, it's pornographic. And I just don't understand why we, I mean, I'm, that's my next thing to look into is the law regarding, I think you mentioned it in your speech about providing pornographic material to children. Um, it's against the law. So I don't know if anybody has had any success with using that strategy or, um, but I wanted to start looking into that because these uh, people don't seem to think there's anything wrong with it. And they were so offended about the color magenta, about his write-up about that, even though it's very graphic and it talks about, I believe that's the one that talks about six-year-old um, giving oral sex on other men, six-year-old boys having oral sex on other men. And um, they think that it's very homophobic and very transphobic that he should even suggest that the book is inappropriate. And they actually asked him to withdraw his complaint about the book. So. Right. Uh, it's, it's disgusting and I'm not, I don't understand where it's coming from because the people are normal civilized people. I know they don't read this stuff to their kids. I don't know where it's coming from, why there's such an insistent, um, insistence to leave it in our schools. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Well, and it would I be feel so like- easy too. It would be so easy, by the way, to get it to get it at least, if not removed, at least restricted. I talked to a assistant superintendent, a friend of mine that's up in a different school district, and she said there is so much software out there. There is so many ways they could do this, where they could have it tied to the uh, student ID, and the student ID when they go to check something out, or even online, they have to type in their ID number. Immediately, it could be age age appropriate. They, there's so many software programs out there that, to fix it. They would have to just implement a very simple solution, but they don't do it for what reason? I'm not sure if it's just incompetence or or what oh, exactly. Oh no, 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 no. This is not incompetence. The one thing that they said that was true in your meeting is we're professionals and we know what we're doing, and they absolutely, positively, 100 percent know what they are doing 
Um, and we're going to explore this further and what parents might be able to do about this after this word from Ed Hoffman of United American Mortgage, the place to go for your real estate lending needs. Back after this. Yes, I will always fight for you. I will stand here in the way. And I will not give up on you. I will shield you from the pain. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with United American Mortgage and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. Think about this. Your mortgage rate is at 3%, but your car loan is now at 10 or 11%. Over the past year, the average car payment has risen from $400 to $800. Rates on your credit cards have risen from an average of 14% up to 20% and higher. And across the country, credit card balances are higher now than they were before COVID. HELOCs are now at 10%. You don't want to touch your low-rate mortgage, but you're paying through the nose on all of your other debts, and it's hard to make ends meet. Solution? Do a cash-out refinance and wrap all your debt together on your house now and lower all your payments. Then, when the rates really drop next year, you can do a rate and term refinance when rates are really low and not have to pay the cash-out refinance fees to do it. If this idea makes you curious, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the United American Mortgage logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, United American Mortgage Corporation, NMLS ID number 1942. United American Mortgage Corporation is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Real Estate. AM 590, the answer. Through the madness and the lies, as they're holding back the truth, no matter what they try, I will always fight for you. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, all the way from uh, the Bible admonished us and advised us to uh, train up a child in the way he should go. So when he is old, he will not depart from it. And unfortunately, our government run schools are doing the opposite and they're doing the opposite five days a week for six to eight hours a day. And it's hard for good parents to counteract that when the the government run schools or have so much time with your children. We are very pleased this week to have two mothers who are trying to buck that trend. Uh, first is a prior guest, Candy Olson, who is the uh, Redlands director of, of the Samuel County Patriots, as well as a new group, Awake Redlands. And a new guest, uh, Tracy Nolasco, who, upon seeing the grossly pornographic and inappropriate material that her daughter was assigned in the uh, Temecula School High School, which promoted having unprotected anal sex for children and went to the school board to read some of that material are here to to talk about this. And it's not just the sexualization that's going on, the sex grooming of children in the government-run schools. Here's also what we're getting out of today's government-run schools. Do you know how many states make up the U.S.? 52? (laughs) Yes. Who the current vice president is? Right now? Yeah. Joe Biden. Yes. Do you know what three times three times three is? Nine. Yes. Do you know what year it was 100 years ago? What year it was? Um, say, uh, 1,022. Yes. Do you know what 15% of 100 is? 15% of 100? No. Yeah. Around what, if you had to guess a number? Uh, give me your best. 20. Yes. Oh, we just had an interesting little interruption here in our in our recording. Um, a 
Sheriff's deputy showed up unannounced at Tracy's door and requested to take Tracy's daughter to be interviewed privately regarding this matter. And um, Tracy did not, of course, consent to that and uh, said that she will deal with it um, after she's done with uh, with this interview. And I would certainly you know, urge you to never let this uh, anyone from the school district or authorities interview your child without a warrant without your being present and also recording the, recording the interview. You just finished uh, before this little interruption, interesting interruption. We were playing a video of some of the products of the government run schools and what poor academics are not being, are being taught or not being taught. And even in, um, for example, Redlands, which is considered to be one of the better government run school districts, only 51% are proficient in the uh, already dumbed down state standards in English. 35% in math and 36% in science. So they can teach about anal sex, but uh, math, science, reading, history, <laughs> not so much. So I know both of you have ch- still have children in the government run schools. What should parents do? I mean, do you, do you need to get them out? Do you need to homeschool? Or do you think it's still workable to have your children? in the government-run schools? Um, Well, that's a loaded question. I think um, the problem is that not everybody can go and do homeschool. Not everybody has the means to do it. Um, Single parents certainly can't do it. Um, And some people just can't afford to do it. Some people's schedules can't work for it. And it's not the right fit for every child. I pulled three of my kids out last year, and I put two of them back in this year. So it's because it's what's best for my children and I can't afford private school. And even still, if I wanted to do that, my teenage girl would not want to go there. She would be very unhappy because she wants to see her old friends. So homeschool would be ideal if it worked for every kid. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't. And in addition, even if you could save your own kids only, there's the rest of the children that your kids are going to be interacting with and living with and marrying in society later. So you have this whole generation that's uh, just allowing them to deteriorate. Um, You know, you can't save everyone, but I feel like our school should be a safe place um, without um, this type of perversion and other indoctrination as well. Um, So it's just a very, very tough thing. It's what's best for my two kids. And at the time now, I'm very informed and I'm very aware. And my teenager talks to me all the time. And I'm like supervising my kindergartner like a hawk and what her teachers are like and, uh, you know, their uh, orientation of traditional values or not. So for us, that's just the way it's going to have to work. But, you know, like I, it's, I don't condemn anybody who keeps their kids in public school because sometimes it is what's best for the kid. My teenager was so depressed doing homeschool. It really wasn't safe for her doing homeschool because of that depression. Tracy, do you do you, you, know, plan, you plan, do you have other children in the government-run schools in addition to this daughter? And you're gonna, are you gonna, do you plan to keep them there? Am I, I do, and and the question that you're asking me is, yeah, it's like she said, it's it's hard, it's hard to answer that. I have definitely wrestled with that question, and am currently wrestling with that question. Um, my student does love some of the things that are provided at um, Temecula Valley. She's in the JROTC program, and she absolutely loves it. I love who runs that program. Um, they're stellar, outstanding individuals. And 
um, her other teachers, you know, she just, she's, she's had good experiences overall. Um, there's just, you know, it's creeping in and, and lines are getting blurred as to, as to like what's acceptable, what's not. And, and that's what I'm fighting against. I want her to be able to, you know, I'm not saying that in the end that this will be what we will decide, you know, that we will keep her there. But it is mm-hmm. important to know that I'm fighting for people who don't have that choice. Just like Candy said, like right. it's it's not a choice for everybody. You know, not right. everybody is is a is can afford to have a mom staying at home or have mm-hmm. a mom who can be involved as much as I am with her kids. You know, I'm blessed and lucky that I'm allowed to do that. I'm and 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 I don't have, you know, the weight on my back of, of having to provide for this household, you know, and, and that is a privilege and, 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 and that's something that not everybody has. Um, so, you know, I just want it to be, like you said, like, let's learn the basics, you know, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? You know, what, you know, they're, they're arguing this, the other side, that this was a choice that she had a choice. This is not a choice that should be given to a 15 year old or 14 year old this is not a choice okay and like as if the teacher said hey you're gonna encounter some anal sex in this with a stranger in the park that's a that's a warning but that would even be inappropriate right because now he's he's talking about anal sex with my child so none of it is okay none of it should have been a, a choice like everybody wants to hide behind this guys we have a choice we have a choice they're minors they can't choose to go to a rated R movie. They, you know, I don't, right. I don't understand. Right. I don't understand. Right. I don't understand. They get a tattoo. They can't drink. They can't drive. Yeah. No, but you know, and, and like, we're movie. trying to blur those yeah. lines. We're trying to blur the lines mm-hmm. and eventually it's going to get blurred down to my six year, you know, if I had a six year old or, you know, in kindergarten, well, you know, they, they have, it's their choice. It's their choice. What they want to, you know, what they, want to be what we want we it's it's them wanting to make the choice for my child right and that's not okay that's not what we signed up for you know i just want to keep this simple i just want policy in place i'm not i'm not on a witch hunt here i want policy in place i don't want this to happen to anybody else and that's what my daughter wants she doesn't have a hateful bone in her body you know she's not even over here saying that this teacher is a horrible person she just doesn't agree with people being exposed to this and it's, it's not okay. Assuming the teacher knew what was in that play. And I think the odds, I would bet a lot of money. The teacher knew exactly what was in that play. Then that teacher is a bad person. That teacher is intentionally sex grooming young children, young teenagers. And that is a bad person and should not be allowed anywhere near a child. So I would, I would, I would, I would, I would judge what he did much more harshly and less generously than, than you and your daughter. And the other thing to remember is for every incident like this that came to your attention, how many other things like this go on in the government run schools and the children don't bring it to their parents' attention? Or it's not as over, it's not as blatant, crude and over the top. As this example is, but it's it's a little more subtle. But because this stuff is permeates through every through history, through English, through math, they've weaving this stuff mm-hmm. in yeah, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, we mm-hmm. only got about forty five seconds left. Um, I want to thank you guys for being on the show. But Ken, you want to talk about your new organization, Awake Redlands? Go. Okay. Well, let me correct you. It's Awaken Redlands. 
So okay. just so you know, and you can find us on awaken www.awakenredlands.com. You can sign up there to get um, important email updates. You can also go to the Facebook page, Awaken Redlands. And um, it's great because we have um, a lot of a community that's building and building and growing. I think we're at 640 some members right now. And these are all, we're keeping it non-political, um, non-partisan. It's regular people, whether you're a Democrat, libertarian, whatever, all interested in keeping the innocence of our children and protecting them. So we can all come together instead of fight about politics. We can at least work together in common goals. That would be good if it could happen. We are out of time. Thank you, ladies, for both having the courage to stand up for what's right and for being on the show and keep us keep us surprised here. And we'll have you back as further developments warrant and as what you're doing illustrates. And the problem illustrates the model of the show. The most important political office is that of the private citizen. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. So to every single mother, father, stand up for your sons and daughters. Do not back down, don't let up. You are all they have for armor. So make this a war to win. Look in their eyes and tell them that I will always fight for you. I will stand guard at the gate And I will not give up on you I will stop each shot they take Yes, I will always fight for you I will always fight for you AM 590, The Answer Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.